You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of the HR Mavericks podcast. I'm Garrett Justice, and today I'm joined by retired Lieutenant Colonel Kathy Lowry-Gallowitz, who's the founder and president at Vanguard Veteran. Kathy, how are you doing today? Hey, Garrett. I'm super. Thanks so much for taking the time to learn about Vanguard Veteran and how everybody listening can become veteran champions. Thank you so much for joining the show today. We're excited to get in and hear about your background and your company and what you do. Before we do that, tell our listeners a little bit more about you, about your career, and give us the overview of your company too. Great. Thank you. I spent 29 years in the Air Force, active duty, guard, and reserve after growing up as a Navy kid. Real real quick, I went to a French-speaking preschool in Paris, France, spoke French fluently as a young kid, probably even better than I spoke English, honestly. (laughs) And then in the middle of my junior year in high school, another good Navy story, my dad picked me up and moved me to a small island in the North Atlantic, where I graduated from a class of 30 in a Department of Defense high school in in Keflavik, Iceland. Wow. At, at the ripe old age of 16, if you don't think that makes an impact on your life, I mean, you know what's you know what's going on in your life when you're 16, right? Yeah. You just got your driver's license, your first boyfriend. You know, I, I was a varsity cheerleader. I had the strongest sense of belonging I'd ever, ever known. So that's all part of the backstory, really. And then um, before the age of 35, I'd lived in about 20 different communities. Wow. Not houses, communities. And so that's an important part of military culture. And I share that quick anecdote because it sort of set the stage for my life's calling. I was privileged uh, when I was in the Ohio Air National Guard to start a never been done before outreach office in response to 9-11 to educate and engage civilians in support of troops and their families. Yeah. You know, we don't really have a good mechanism for that in our country, and it's a huge gap. So we started with employers. That was the primary purpose because 80% of our workforce in the Guard was part-time military. So most Hmm. of them either had a full-time employer or they were going to college to get their degree, and the military was helping to fund that. So... About five years ago, after I retired from the Ohio National Guard, I started Vanguard Veteran to continue my life's calling of equipping civilians to become veteran champions. Because again, it's a huge gap in our society. I mean, I know, I know firsthand that uh, Americans love the military, trust the military, appreciate the military. Yeah. And yet, Many people come home without the connectivity that they need to really maximize their quality of life. Yeah. Some come home broken. Most do not come. Most are not broken from military service. Mm -hmm. But Vanguard Veteran equips employers to find and keep veteran talent. I call myself the veteran hiring concierge. (laughs) And. 
I help equip volunteer military ministry leaders to start these places of connection inside places of worship. I am the military ministry builder. Awesome. So, so I am incredibly passionate about what I do because I've lived it. Yeah. I, you know, personally, as a, as a military kid, a military officer, I'm also a military wife. My husband was an active duty career soldier and a combat veteran. Hmm. My son served for a while. And so I've seen it from lots of different vantage points. And through my experience, Garrett, with the Ohio National Guard and our outreach office, I really saw firsthand how, how much satisfaction rolling up your sleeves, learning just a little bit of stuff mm-hmm. and taking action, how much satisfaction that gives to our citizenry to do what they can for service members, veterans and their families. It's, it's really yeah. a, a good news story, but we, there's a lot more education, familiarization and other things that, that need to be taken into consideration to, to really do it well, yeah. to, br- to bring our service members all the way home. Well, that's that's excellent. We are super excited to have you on the show. And I guess first and foremost, thank you for your service. Like your background says, for those who are watching the video, we're going to go beyond that today. You know, we, we do appreciate your service and all of those who have served. I think all of us, whether we've served individually, we know someone, whether a family member, yes. a friend who has served for me, you know, it's, it's my father-in-law, it's my grandfather, it's my brother-in-law who have all served in the military and have, you know, their own experiences. So I think you're absolutely right. You know, what more can we do to help support, you know, those, um, service members who are coming home and helping them be integrated into uh, further employment. And there's, there's different things we can do. And that's what we want to talk about today. Right. Right. Exactly. And uh, just real quick, who helped you understand how to perform that, how to do that for all these different veterans, you know, in life, did anybody come by and say, Hey, would you consider doing X, Y, or Z for your loved ones or for, you know, no one does that. No, right? no one does. To, yeah. yeah. You have to figure it out on your own. So what Garrett's talking about is my book beyond thank you for your service, the veteran champion handbook for civilians. You can find it on Amazon and there's chapters for employers, lawyers, healthcare providers, general community members, mayors, etc., and clergy. And so there's Excellent. concrete actionable steps that any citizen can take even as a neighbor, right? Yeah. Or a, a fellow church, uh, a, a fellow you know, member in your place of worship. Mm-hmm. Um, but today we want to zero in on how important employers are and how it benefits them to hire this incredible talent. That's excellent. We'll, we will be for sure add a link to where you can find that book from Kathy on Amazon in the show notes. So if you are listening to this, maybe you're driving in the car somewhere, don't worry about scribbling that down real quick. Stay safe. Keep your eyes on the road. We'll we'll come back and uh, look in the show notes, and that's where we'll drop the link in. Thank so, you, thank you, thank you. So, Kathy, we want to talk today, just like you mentioned, on specifically about this topic of a veteran ready employer and what does that mean. And so, really, to kind of start off, start this off, uh, this conversation, um, I, I want to just kind of open up at the very h- highest level. Why do you think that companies should consider? hiring more veterans? 
research shows yeah. that veterans are more productive and more f- mission focused than their non-veteran counterparts. The Society, of Hu- the Society of Human Resource Management Foundation did a study in about 2019, I said, I think, and 68% of employers felt that veterans were better than, if not much better than, employees than, than people who hadn't served. Mm-hmm. Also, they're more educated and they are more loyal and tend to stay longer mm. uh, really after their first post-military job when when there's really a good match. And so you you know what the answer is to this question, yeah. why we make good employees. I mean, we have a, I love to say a getter done mentality. Yeah. I mean, we have a, we have a, a zero tolerance for mission failure. We are disciplined. We show up on time. We know how to lead. We know how to follow. Mm-hmm. We are, we are tech savvy, you know, for the most part. And, you know, we, we really appreciate developing people around us in, in, in the military. Uh, our, it's, it's our job to develop the people that uh, we call them our subordinates yeah. because, because guess what? Any of us could get hit by a bus at any time. And so that other person needs to be able to step into your role. Yeah. And so those are some of the primary reasons, you know, and then we haven't even talked about values. Oh my gosh. You know, yeah. integrity, service before self excellence. There's just a, a lot of pride instilled in us and our, our, our military branches are fundamentally values based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that's the, excellent. That, we have great character and we have highly transferable skills. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I think that's why, you know, all of us, if you know someone in the military, chances are you really admire that person oh, who, thank you. who is in the military or who had formerly served. And I think it's all oh. of those reasons that you just mentioned right there. So, you know, first and foremost, they make great employees and they're the type of employees that any business owner would want to hire. So, you know, what, what are the common myths or misconceptions that need to be really clarified when it comes to hiring veterans? Why don't more companies hire more veterans. Okay. Let me back up just a minute, if I may, and address sure. something, you, something you started with, Garrett. And that is, what does veteran ready mean? Okay. Sure. And I just, just want to draw a real quick distinction between veteran friendly and veteran ready. Now, I think that the business case for hiring veterans is pretty clear. The unemployment rate for veteran, the unemployment rate for veterans is consistently lower than that for civilian unemployment. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so employers, uh, practically every employer is veteran friendly because mm-hmm. they, they know that veterans produce and, you know, show up, but not every employer is veteran ready. And so in essence, yeah. the big, the concept is that you have processes in place that you are, you are an architect and not just an advocate, you know, mm-hmm. arvic- architects have blueprints. So a veteran ready employer would have metrics. They would understand the tools that they need for, to excel at hiring. They would, they would, uh, uh, implement some of the, uh, retention tactics. They are, they're in it for the long haul. Mm-hmm. They list, they listen to the voice of the veteran. And it, in this day and age, it's, you know, it's real interesting because there isn't really a solid definition for veteran ready. Depen- depends on who you ask. Some mm-hmm. people say it's a military effective organization. Um, uh, but the point is it, it it's not ad hoc. It's got to be organized. It's got to be evaluated. 
operated and it's got to be improved for the long haul. And that, that makes you kind of veteran ready and who better to do that and lead that than an HR person. Yeah. I'm so glad you made that point. And just, just if I can put a plug in there, I think to me, what stands out about that. And and I love that distinction between veteran ready and veteran friendly. Cause I think most businesses, like you mentioned, are veteran friendly. The difference to me there is like the proactivity when you're veteran ready, you're being proactive and you're trying to attract those types of employees, future employees. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're doing things proactively rather than just hoping and opportunistically if someone yes. comes along and applies, right? Well put. Yeah. And it and it's integrated into everything in your organization, especially for larger companies, you know, the the DEI, the corporate citizenship, right. the volunteering and and philanthropy, it's all aligned within your veteran hiring initiative. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, separate pillars and stovepiped. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so it, it, it just has to be, you know, very fluid, evaluated and improved all the time and, you know, willing to stick through, you know, when things don't go well, or, you know, when you feel frustrated, just being in it for the long haul is really an important component of this. Yeah. So, so that's so right. I, I, I can, can totally see that. So going back to this original question, what, yes. if anything, what are, what are the common myths or misconceptions that might need to be clarified when it comes to hiring veterans? Well, you know, most of us know what we know or take take our impressions from the television set, right? Yeah. Well, you know, what do we see on TV about military people? Well, you, you've got the the drill sergeant who's barking orders, right? <laughs> or or you've got or you've got the the veteran who's homeless on the side of the street, or yeah. or or you know, unfortunately, you know, some veterans do terrible things because they're sick, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, some of the misconceptions are first and foremost, that everybody has PTSD, post-traumatic mm-hmm. stress disorder. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely wrong. Mm-hmm. The VA says that Iraq and Afghanistan veterans, about 20% may have it. So mm-hmm. 80% don't, right? Yeah. All right. And um, PTSD does not necessarily make you more violent. And the triggers can be managed well. Yeah. Okay. That's that's the myth busting on that one. Mm-hmm. The the other piece is uh, okay. Maybe veterans can only bark orders, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no. Leadership one hundred and one is that uh, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. John Maxwell teaches that, and I love that. And so the only way you build influence is by building trusting relationships, and where is more important to have a trusting relationship than someone who trains to go to war and goes to war to defend freedom. Okay. Now, now our, 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 our units have to be disciplined, responsive, know their role on the team and follow orders or the mission may not succeed and probably won't. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so the way we communicate our discipline and our ability to have direct firm communication can be pretty well ingrained. And, you know, frankly, because could probably use some softening mm-hmm. post post military service, but it is so untrue that all military people, all they can do is bark orders. They can yeah. follow orders. They know how to be a team player. That's a big part of our DNA. Yeah. And then um, the, the, the direct communication style, I've kind of I've kind of hit on that. Um, 
uh, my husband's so funny. He, he would say to me, people are just using up good army oxygen. Right. And I'd be like, I'd be like, okay, I was Air Force. What the heck does that mean anyway? But but what it means is, you know, bluff, bottom line up front. Let's get to the point. Okay. Now you can get to the point with a smile on your face and a nice tone of voice, right? Mm -hmm. Or you can get to the bottom line, you know, a lot more gruffer or whatever. Sure. And so um, you know, military people are highly coachable. Yeah. They, they are used to receiving feedback. Um, they they know they are confident. Mm-hmm. And yet some people might feel that that's bossy and or some people may be intimidated by that confidence. Mm-hmm. Right. So those are some of the, the myths and misconceptions. Uh, I think that's a pr- pretty good overview. Did, those are great. Better? No, those are great. I'm so glad that you addressed each of those. And I would say, you know, most you know, competent employers, those are the attributes that they want in employees again, right? Is they want someone who's confident yet coachable and who can speak up in the right way and speak their mind. So I think all of those things are, again, just plugs for why should you hire veterans, right? Well, and, and uh, our military people are used to getting feedback. Okay. Mm-hmm. We, if we evaluate everything that we do and if you don't give them feedback, they probably think everything is okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, military people come, you know, when they, when they take off their uniform, it's such a loss of identity. They lose, we lose our buddies. We lose yeah. our, we lose, we lose so much. And research says that 55% of, of, uh, veterans feel disconnected from mainstream America. Hmm. So, so the first day you step foot in, in a new job, you just feel like a fish out of water. You don't know what clothes to wear. Yeah. You, don't, you don't, I mean, there's just so many questions that you have and you feel just, you know, very inadequate. You, uh, uh, yeah, maybe most people feel like it's an imposter syndrome because mm-hmm. I know how to do my job in the military and I know mm-hmm. how to act in the military, but I don't know either of those things more often than not when I take my first civilian job. So, you know, yeah, coaching and support's important. That's such a good point. And so I think that kind of leads into our next, the next question that I have for you. So, you know, as a small business, we've already you know, proven the point probably to death at this point, you should hire veterans. You need to do it. We've also talked about how you need to be proactive. You need to be veteran ready, not just veteran friendly. Right. And so moving on to that next step, we have these awesome veterans out there. How does a small business go about in a proactive way, sourcing and interviewing military talent to again, attract that talent that is so great to their workforce? Okay. First tip is to talk to your Department of Veterans Services in your state, kind of as the leading subject matter expert. Now, many departments focus more on benefits than they do on employment, but they probably have a good feel as to where you might be able to go to source veteran talent. Number two, there are American job centers throughout the nation that are in your county buildings. Uh, they Most states, if not all, give veterans preferential treatment and you can and they're earmarked in the job boards. Okay. okay. Those are two great sources. Then the more informal sources, uh, every community has stronger than other uh, nonprofits, 
like Goodwill mm -hmm. or U.S. Vets uh, that have programs or P, uh, P3 or Marine for Life. Mm -hmm. The National Guard has programs. Takes a little bit of work to find those people mm -hmm. and to develop relationships. But that's where the veteran hiring concierge comes in. Mm -hmm. I know I know where to look and how to uh, connect with these people. So uh, just kind of start small and uh, dipping your toe in the water. And the other thing that's really important is attend the veteran events in your communities and wear your shirt with your logo on it. Yeah. If you if you can donate money, be sponsors to veteran focused events. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, other things like uh, doing your messaging on your website uh, is, is really important. So people know you're serious about uh, hiring veterans. Yeah. So those are some sources. Um, the other the other part of the question was interviewing. So, how, you know, the first part yes. is like, how do we find and source? And then what else do we need to do to make sure that there's a great interviewing environment? I would encourage you to take a military culture training course, which of course I offer so mm -hmm. that you, so that you aren't put off by the rigid body posture <laughs> by the yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. By the inability to initiate conversation or just the incredible nervousness, particularly uh, for probably our, our youngest, our younger service members, but realize Garrett that many of our, veteran job seekers have never had a job interview. Yeah. Okay. The, the military hiring system, depending on what branch of the service you're in is very different. Mm -hmm. And so they're probably very nervous and they probably speak in acronyms. And so that needs to be addressed. So interviewing, you know, just really try to put the person at ease, um, ask questions about, you know, where were you stationed? What did you like best? What, what, what did you appreciate about the military? You know, get him, try to get them to calm down a little bit. Yeah. And then the behavioral style questions, as you know, for most candidates is, is really the best. And, um, you know, trying to ask leading questions so that they can evaluate the impact they made in their civilian jobs mm -hmm. will get them far. And so it's really the, the job seeker's job to come prepared with a, re with a resume that, that's not all military talk, right? Yeah. And it's the veteran job seeker's job to be prepared and hopefully somewhat comfortable for the job interview. But uh, we have a ways to go really to to help uh, our service members really do that. And, you know, just stay away from questions like, you know, of course, do you have PTSD? And of course, did you ever kill anyone? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. You don't say those things in a job interview. I just thought I would mention them for, uh, for yeah. the good of the order, if you will. And one other big important point is know what military skills translators are. Yeah. I want to get to that in just a minute. One thought that I have before we do that though, is, um, you know, it, it really sounds to me like, it's just a cultural difference, yes, right? Yes. And we need to make sure that as an organization, if we are going to be veteran ready, that we understand the different culture of where these people are coming from. Just like yes. if we were, you know, actively hiring one race or population over yes. another, there might yes. be differences in culture there, yes. right? Hiring in Japan might be completely different than hiring in the U.S., right? And Perfect. so understanding the cultural differences there and making sure that you can tailor to some of those cultural differences is helps you to be more veteran ready. Is that right? 
hundred percent. And I really encourage all the listeners, all the HR professionals, if you would look at that resume a first or a second time, be willing to hire for character and be willing to train. Okay. We, we military people, that's all we do. Most that's a lot of what we do is train for this job and train for that job and move and, you know, highly adaptable and flexible. And, you know, it was interesting when, when I was, when I took my, uh, my my first full-time position in the guard my military supervisor hired me for character and trainability not because i had relevant job skills i mm. had to so so it it works in 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 uh in, in the civilian world it works in the military world and those those uh work attributes and values will will carry the day and you will really be proud of the investment you made in that military people, even if their resume does not exactly match the specific job that you're looking for. So great point. And to that though, I want to get to what you mentioned before. Tell us a little bit more about military skills translators. What are they, how they work and why should, you know, small businesses be aware of them? This is an absolutely essential thing for you to look up. Just put in military skills translators in Google. I particularly like O apostrophe N-E-T, O-net. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, are you familiar with it? I am actually, yes. Oh, great. Have you ever used the military crosswalk feature? I have not, no. All right, All right. well, I don't mean to call you out on that, buddy. That's but next, yep. yeah, we'll yeah. do it. Yeah, it's really great because, for instance, quick story, an 11 Bravo in the Army is an infantry man. Garrett, do you happen to know what that is? On the on the feet on the ground, right? Right on. Good job. So they are the soldiers who do the heavy lifting in combat. They are trained to kill. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's their primary job. So if you put in 11 Bravo in the military crosswalk, it will come up with all kinds of civilian jobs that the overall training, not just how to carry a gun, how to shoot a gun, Mm -hmm. but how to manage your workforce, how to take care of your equipment, how to communicate, all these things. The KSAs are all spilled out Mm -hmm. for the kinds of uh, for the kinds of jobs that the 11 Bravo will be uh, eligible for. And the one that's right at the top of the list is a development, a, a training and development manager. <laughs> right. And, uh, and so I encourage every HR or every, every interviewing board mm-hmm. or individual to look at the military skills translator. If you can figure out from the resume, what their military job was and it, it even identifies by branch of service mm-hmm. and, and look at the KSAs and prepare questions to lead that job candidate in the interview process so that they maybe will be better at describing what uh, what their job was. Another another big distinction of between military and civilian culture is. There's no I in team. All right. Military people are historically, usually horrible at Mm self-promotion. Okay. So if you come prepared with questions that, that pulls the information out of them a little bit and to, you know, if they're not doing a good job, the the military skills translator will help you do that. And again, don't be surprised if they don't initiate small talk, right? Yep. Yep. They see, they see you as a, a person of authority, a person who has, you know, a, a, a lot of power to decide their future. And so they're probably going to be pretty nervous. Yeah. 
excellent tips, man. These are just great tools that I think all of us should get more familiar with and use so we can be veteran ready. So as we, as we get close to the end here, one, one thing I want to circle back to is you kind of mentioned at the very beginning, uh, um, some of the benefits of hiring veterans and one of them specifically on their loyalty and retention. So, you know, what are some specific things that organizations, companies can do to be more veteran ready when it comes to retention of the military population for those who already work for them? Well, for any employee, retention starts before they start the job, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. Um, Something just as simple as making sure that the new veteran hire knows what to wear the first day of work so that they feel comfortable. I, I, I can't tell you how often my soldier has said to me not to go to work, but just to live life and social functions. Honey, what do I wear? Honey, yeah. right? It's just, I mean, that's that's not probably uncommon generally, but he's very hypersensitive to it because he doesn't want to stick out. And right. He's just not aware of those things, right? Okay, so a, a very, uh, I recommend a year-long onboarding process and one that's not, in our language, just pencil-whipped, right? Mm-hmm. One that is uh, taken with sincerity and dynamic and uh, people, you know, want to be involved and do the jobs. I recommend that there is a civilian and a military mentor where the new hire can go and ask questions mm-hmm. and, you know, just, you know, open door policies. Cause there's so many, you know, we're very, we're used to highly structured environments. And when you wear yeah. a uniform, when you wear a uniform, you know, just about everything about that person mm-hmm. and, and you know how to make decisions, you know, what the policies and procedures are and, you know, uh, civilian life just isn't like that. It's much looser and much more informal. So they're going to have a lot of questions. And then the other really important thing is to have a way to bring the veterans together to offer support to one another, mm-hmm. but also to provide them a voice. And now, of course, we all know about ERGs or affinity groups or, you know, business BRGs, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And so larger companies, most of them have veteran employee resource groups. But if you're a small company and you have, you know, let's say, you know, 50 employees and you have, let's say you're lucky enough to have 10 veterans, right? Mm-hmm. Well, allow those veterans an opportunity to get together and, you know, uh, tell war stories or just stories in general, right? Yeah. Encourage them to bond and then, uh, you know, encourage them to grow, give them leadership training, mm-hmm. um, connect them with mentors, expect them to advance, have advancement procedures, advancement policies, because again, Military people know how to advance in the military and they're used to that. And then when they offer you feedback, please consider that feedback seriously, because mm-hmm. generally speaking, uh, they, they, they want to make a difference. They want to help and they want the company to succeed and they're proud to contribute. Yeah, makes sense. Kathy, this has been such an excellent conversation. I could probably continue for another 30, 40 minutes on this because there's so many great insights that you shared with us today. You know, unfortunately, I know we're we're getting close on time, but really appreciate you joining and sharing some of these tips to help organizations be more veteran-ready employers. And so as we get close to the end and kind of wrap up here, one question I do like to ask all of our guests is just what's one thing that you would recommend that our listeners do this week to help improve their HR people functions? 
start getting familiar with the veteran community and reach out to veteran neighbors and other military people and try to start a relationship with them so that you feel more comfortable. Yeah, that's great. Excellent tip. I'd encourage everyone to do that. I have some some neighbors I need to go talk to this week and get to know them a little bit. Nice. Nice. Tell me how that goes. I'm serious. I'd love to hear about your experience. Okay. I will. I will. Well, Kathy, thank you again for joining us today and sharing some of your insights. If there are listeners who want to learn more about working with you about your book, or maybe they have follow-up questions on something we talked about today, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? I invite anybody who's listening to go to my website, vanguardveteran.com. There is a veteran ready assessment and employer veteran ready assessment on there. That's absolutely free of charge. Just go under the hiring uh, space. And then I'd love to do a 30 minute consultation with you to explore where you're at on the continuum and uh, see how I might be able to be supportive in the future. My email is Kathy with a K at vanguardveteran.com. And I, of course, really encourage you to take a look at, to, 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 to get the book mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, familiarize yourself with the ideas, the concepts and absorb. I think it's chapter four, all focused on employers, some of the, the tactics and tips that will really help you succeed with your veteran hires, because guess what? Your company's going to fare well And your company's going to be stronger when you truly become a veteran champion employer. Excellent. Well, Kathy, thank you again so much for sharing some of your tips with us today. And we hope you have a great rest of the day. Thanks, Garrett. Appreciate all you're doing. Thanks. Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. But often, small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll, and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline, deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddie. Eddie is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. With Eddie, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. Visit eddie.com today to request a demo.